Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. Now I was wondering why, you know, why Thriller? And then, yeah, you hit it. It's Friday the 13th. That's right. I didn't put the two together. I thought it would have something to do with what we just put on TV. You put <laughs> Monster Jam on TV and you got Bra- Gravedigger, you have Zombie, and you know, it's a, kind of that theme that maybe it went with what we have uh, going on right now. That would have been real quick thinking on my part. That It would have been. Uh, it was a little too, <laughs> a little too far away uh, for you to be doing that. But welcome into BMAS and Beamer on a Friday morning here on WBEN. Uh, you know, before we get going, Joe, I had to. I, I don't know if you uh, were uh, tuned in to Good Morning America at all this morning, but they had on a report that I – I, I could. you can't help but laugh at, like, some of these uh, things that are on um, – and it was all about the Sunday scaries, which oh. I think, you know, if you don't know Sunday scary, what's the Sunday scaries? It's, you know, the, uh oh, it's Sunday nights, you know, uh, you hear 60 minutes and, you know, oh, man. I got to go to bed and wake up and head to work in the morning. Well, your Sunday scaries are a lot different than what I thought the Sunday scaries were. (laughs) But it's, um, you know, it's that. It's that, uh, you know, oh, no, uh, you know, here comes the new work week. And, you know, all right, it's it's a thing. But there was a whole uh, long piece on the Sunday scaries on Good Morning America on how to beat the feeling of dread before the work week. You know, it's uh, the Sunday scaries are at an all time high, they said. Uh, so really scary. And then I'm, you know, I'm watching through, and I can't hear what they're saying. Obviously, it's on the TV, but I do see, you know, some of the bullet points. How to beat the Sunday scaries? <laughs> and it's try some slow journaling or a soothing oh, playlist. Geez. And you know, I listen. Oh, okay, you know, you have a little anxiety before the work. You wouldn't be the first. You wouldn't be the last. <laughs> but I mean, do we reach a point where it's like, you know, come on. Do, I have to do slow journaling um, on a Sunday night uh, just to prepare for the work week. Like that would add to the dread. Are we? I have to turn on my Sunday evening soothing playlist so that I'm not uh, overly uh, anxious. Maybe it's time to switch jobs or something. Right. If you're dreading it that much. If on Sunday <laughs> night you're dreading what you're what you're going to do in 12 hours, yeah, maybe it's time. Hey, I don't know if you heard. A lot of jobs out there. I, <laughs> I just. <laughs> I, I feel like that is, you know, there's a hesitation now to call things soft. That is soft. You have to turn on Kenny G on a Sunday evening just to mentally prepare yourself for Monday morning. That's a little soft. I also think there's a huge flaw in their um, in their reporting or in their idea here because 
if if you do a playlist in slow journaling every Sunday to stop thinking about the fact that it's Sunday, eventually it's going to remind you that it's Sunday. Oh yeah, it's, it's just all things to remind you that oh it's Sunday and I have to go. The, the real problem, as you mentioned, Brian, it's time to get a new job. It's time to <laughs> it's time to find something else that you're not. The, yes, we're all sad when the weekend's over. Um, but if you're dreading it so much to where you needed to put a list together of things to do to forget that you're dreading that it's Sunday night. You uh, you definitely need to go uh, go put some resumes out. Yeah, um, and I just thought that was funny this morning. So it's Friday. You don't have that now. You have the Friday funnies. Um, the Friday funnies <laughs> with uh, <laughs> myself and Joe. Uh, but no, there's a, a lot of things happening over the past uh, 24 hours. Uh, right after we got off the air, uh, when it comes to, of course, you know, masking in schools, and it's amazing that we're still having this conversation right now. Uh, you know, regardless of what the final decision is, right? Because School opens in less than a month. Uh, for some students, you know, depending on what district you are, it's two weeks, right? Uh, you know, some are going even before Labor Day, which it seems like a little bit later this year. Some are going the 1st of September. So, I, I mean, this is coming up very quickly. And we're talking about maybe making changes in schools and what they have to do on August 24th. <laughs> uh, you know, some schools are opening that day, the next day, or that week. Uh, it, it's kind of crazy that we're still having this discussion. We have not, and, you know, on that, we're still having this discussion. We're still having the discussion on what the, um, you know, mandate is going to be, what the restriction is going to be. The discussion on whether or not the restriction or mandate is a good or bad thing isn't happening at all. No. And, and there seems to be no room for that. But what we heard yesterday was, okay, the state ed department coming out with their own recommendations, which uh, must have taken them you know, five minutes to copy and paste from the CDC. I, I don't know what anyone was expecting. I, I did think it was kind of funny. Uh, the state ed department said, look at this. Well, you know, the State Department of Health, the executive office uh, here in Albany, totally, you know, um, we need to do something because they're not follow, following through on what they should be doing. And that's offering schools the guy. And what do they do? Well, they just... You know, they give out the CDC recommendations that anyone could have looked at for, you know, the past eternity. You're not doing anything groundbreaking um, that's really going to help. I mean, you're just kind of adding, you know, your stamp of approval on something that's been out there for a couple of months. It's it's just interesting the time they did it this week when, uh, you know, Kathy Hogle's talking about what might happen, might happen. The state ed department said, hey, by the way, just a reminder, this is what the CDC told you to do. Yeah, Kathy Hochul yesterday on the Today Show. Children and everyone in a school environment will be wearing masks. That's just an opinion right now. I don't have the authority to uh, make that the policy. I believe that they'll end up being mask mandates. I Now, <laughs> what... There either will be or there won't be. Right. I, that's just an opinion right now. I believe that there will be mask mandate. You know what the answer is, right? So I, what does what is Andrew Cuomo holding right now over you know the executive mansion that we can't say? Listen, I don't take office until the twenty fourth, so I can't officially do something until that day. But this is what is going to be in place when I do take office. Yeah. I don't think that that is that she hard can to say do. That. 
She, everyone knows she will be governor in 11 days. They can, she can say, by the way, August 24th, this is what's going in. She's already talking about talking with health officials, talking with uh, putting together a senior staff. Why is she able to do all those things, but she can't say on the 24th? What's, what's Cuomo going to do? Uh, come out with an executive order that can't happen? Wait, sorry, stop. Uh, I'm staying. Right. Uh, you know, I, I, mean, I don't think that's going to happen. Obviously, he's very bitter. Obviously, he's not working well with her. If uh, what Aaron Katursky said, and I have every, you know, I believe what Aaron said, that the governor would not let her use his office in New York to make her, uh, pre- to have her press conference a few days ago. Obviously, there's a little tension there, but there's nothing, you know, Kathy, if Kathy Hochul is going to put this in place on August 21st, Fourth, it's only fair to schools to say, by the way, all my intentions, not my opinion, all my intentions are August 24th, masks will be mandated in public schools. That's not that difficult to say. Now, there could be one reason I would think of where you might take the time and you wouldn't definitively say that is if you take her at her word and saying that. And we talked with Michael Cornell a little bit earlier this morning. He said he was encouraged by her saying that she wants to speak with local school districts. She wants to have the conversation, the conversation that here, at least on this show, we've been saying needs to happen, that should have been happening this entire time. So maybe that is a reason for delay. Maybe that conversation is going to take place. Color me skeptical because it really hasn't to this point. Uh, But that could be the only reason I think of that we are putting out a vague, well, Be prepared for it, but I'm not going to say whether or not it is going to happen. And Joe, you're right. I mean, that it's so easy to say, just go one step further and this is my plan for this date. You know, waiting until this date would be unfair because it's a mere, you know, hours before many schools open their doors across New York State. So I'll let you know ahead of time what to expect on August 24th. I mean, that would, if you do know what's going to happen, and that's what it sounds like, actually going through and doing it would be much better than the way it was handled, I thought, on, on the Today Show. Right. And, and I mean, Kathy Hochul's not all to blame here. I mean, I think it's also in bad taste that the governor's waiting 14 days uh, to resign. He's also put her in um, a bad position because of, as you said, the proximity to when school year starts here for public schools in New York State. Um, you know, maybe she could be. Uh, we could be waiting for the 24th. That gives time for the Buffalo school superintendent, reportedly, to uh, come back to Buffalo. Move back to Buffalo. Um, That'd you be know, nice. From his Martha's Vineyard home, if you missed that, to report in the Investigative Post uh, that says, <laughs> um, you know, through some reporting that the superintendent Kreiner Cash uh, does not spend too much time here in Buffalo. Um, and, and then this quote. I don't know, Joe, how this quote um, missed me at the uh, press conference that he gave. It's been a while ago now. Maybe I forgot about it. Uh, but he was asked by uh, Lane Dowdle, who's uh, appeared on WBEM before, uh, to you know talk about some of her previous reporting. Um, she asked at a press conference you know, to name his primary residence. Um, you know, on his taxes, uh, he's saying he's living all the time in a different state. Um, his cars are registered in a different state. Doesn't really uh, lead you to believe he's spending most of his time. He has a permanent residence here in Buffalo where his job is. And his response was an all-time response, Joe. I mean, this, as far as press conference responses go, I I almost, I fell out of my chair when I read this in the report over at Investigative Post. So, you know, where where do you live? Where's your permanent residence? The response from Kreiner Cash was, quote, 
I live everywhere. <laughs> I'm ubiquitous. End quote. That was the quote. <laughs> I live everywhere. I'm ubiquitous. And at that point, if you are, you know, even the most dogged reporter who is, uh, you know, uh, uh, going at this story has to say, hands up. What an answer. <laughs> I mean, what, what, a, what a response to that. It's, you know, hey, am I saying he has to live in the city uh, of Buffalo? No. His I mean, contract does. Oh, does it? Yes. Oh, I mean, so that was my next question. Of what you say, Joe. Okay, because I know I mean, a lot. A lot of people that work in schools, a lot of educators, they don't live in their district. Um, they drive, but they live in a close proximity to their district. I didn't realize that in his contract, the super. It does make sense that the superintendent of Buffalo should live um, in yeah, the district. Just a little bit, uh, but you know, maybe that's what we're waiting for for the uh, masking um, <laughs> rule to come down, just for everyone to get in the same state. I believe um, in that same press conference, he said, "You're not going to see a lot of me." Um, (laughs) Now we know why, (laughs) thanks to the reports. Um, But no, the conversation has not happened in in anywhere that I've really seen. Um, You know, the people making decisions, even this state education department, you know, uh, coming down with a recommendation that confused everybody. I mean, there were some people who thought, "Uh uh-oh, you know, now here are the rules that have to happen. But the conversation with parents, the conversation with uh, local school districts, I, I still have not seen that. And I really do hope that it happens because it's uh, the numbers and the um, way that we're talking about it just do not quite add up, right? And it's not just here, it's around the country, but Joe, we've talked about around here uh, what we heard last week. We mentioned it again yesterday the word outbreak, the oh, uh, yes. cases quadrupling, the explosion. And listen, there are no doubt that, um, you know, it, and I'm not doubting any figures, that uh, if cases are going up, um, you know, one, twofold, threefold, four times the amount, uh, you know, that's not a good thing. Nobody's saying that a case of COVID is a good thing. I would prefer if no one got COVID, right. ever. Um, you know, but we live in a reality. Yeah, stay in that lab for eternity and never uh, get loose. That would have been nice. Uh, that is not quite going to happen. That's not the reality that we live in. So when we talk about these cases, I said, you know, it would be nice to have additional information to give parents more information. So they're not hearing this and just freaking out, saying, what's going on? Say, should I keep my kid home from school again? Are they in grave danger? You know, what do we mean by a case? Do we mean an asymptomatic case? Do we mean a hospitalization? Do we mean something in between? Well, we did get the word, and we've said this a couple times here throughout the week, earlier this week, as of the 8th, last reported data locally, in Erie County, ages 0 to 19, zero hospitalizations with COVID. And I say zero hospitalizations with COVID because COVID hospitalizations are, are people with COVID in the hospital. That is not necessarily the reason why they're in the hospital, right. as we found out uh, in the study done over in the UK, where they said maybe about 40% of COVID hospitalizations weren't there because of COVID it's something else that brought them to the hospital, and then they tested positive. Important distinction. I think it very is. Now, I was able to find some of these sites, they're very hard. They're not very user-friendly, but (laughs) healthdata.gov, that's like the HHS official data website. And you are able to break it down by state, and eventually I found a page where you can kind of look at some readable numbers where I can understand what it means. Um, The last date... Um, is about a week ago or so. Across the state, that number of pediatric COVID hospitalizations is six. Oh. 
is six across the state. So just when we're talking about, you know, the explosion of uh, cases, that's something to keep in mind. We asked uh, Michael Cornell earlier across the summer, how many summer school students are there in the western New York area? And he said, and this is not all at once. These are, you know, very various days. You know, some were in for, uh, you know, a few weeks. Uh, some have been in for the length of the summer. There's about 10,000 students in summer school programs throughout the western New York area. It was his guess. He didn't have an exact number, but he was saying around 10,000 or more students were in that area. So if we're talking about zero hospitalizations, 10,000 kids were in a school setting where masks weren't required. I do think that that is an important piece of data to be used when making this decision. Yeah, that is a that's a nice control group going back to what you were talking about yesterday. Now, if you can expand that across the state, I don't know what that number of summer school students is across the state. It's probably a lot. If there's 10,000 in western New York, I mean, you factor in New York City, um, all the other areas of the state, rural, urban, uh, six is the total COVID hospitalization number as of uh, our last hand where we have now i i think masks might be required in new york city settings i'm not 100 percent sure on that summer school rule but needless with all the students who have been in a school setting and that's not even taking into account all the uh, you know uh, town camps right. you know all these other things that kids have been doing all summer long it is a very low number of hospitalization with the delta variant that even though it's been more recent that it's causing a, an increase in cases it has been around for months in our area, as we've learned from testing. Nationwide, you know, the spike in hospitalizations across the entire nation, it's about 250 pediatric COVID hospitalizations. That data is from August 7th. So that's a week old. That's the latest that's available. But, um, you know, this is coming. It's not just here you hear these words. I mean, the reporting's been more aggressive in Seattle where uh, the children's hospital, they've had doctors, uh, you know, all talking about an uptick in children experiencing severe COVID cases, uh, reports there, all talking about how we're seeing more and more in the hospital. I could find two pediatric COVID hospitalizations in the state of Washington. Oh. So I, it's just if cases are on the rise, but kids are asymptomatic or they recover quickly, I it kind of demands a different response than what we're seeing. Right. No doubt. And like you said, Brian, no one wants, uh, you know, a bunch of COVID cases, uh, especially in schools with children. Uh, but if it's not ending up with children going to the hospital with any fatalities, uh, I think we have to look at getting kids back to school the most normal as possible. And if that is a possibility without sending kids to the hospital, obviously, uh, I think that's where we need to look. And, and look, let's be honest. If if you're a kid going back to school, you want that sense of normalcy. And I, I'm not trying to make a big deal about just a mask, but removing that mask is big. And we've talked about this with numerous people on this show, Brian, that, you know, interaction, that face to face interaction with kids wearing masks. You're, you're losing that. And remember, a part of school is learning social habits, obviously. The bigger part is to learn, but it's also to to adapt those social habits and make friends, create those social circles. The mask does 
take away from that, especially in an elementary school and middle school setting. I just why we're kind of looking at these details. The details are important if you're going to implement a broad policy, right. a statewide mask mandate in schools, or even a countywide basis a mask mandate in schools. And listen. Is having a mask in school necessarily the end of the world? No. I the, People are right when they say the most important thing is to get kids in back school. Back in the classroom, yes. Get kids back in the classroom. But I am not – there is the common response to this anytime you question it, right? I mean, it's almost a pushback to even raising your hand and saying, well, what are the cons to this? You right. get immediate pushback. Yep. But I can't trust anyone who just, you know, says, well, masks in schools, just slap on a mask. What makes a difference? There's no uh, impact that it has on kids whatsoever. I mean, come on, take, take a look back to when you were in school, when your kids were in school. Maybe they're in school right now. I mean, everyone knows, uh, knows a kid who didn't have a lot of friends. Maybe you're moving to a new district. Right. You're going to tell me that's going to be easy when um, everyone's wearing a mask and you're separated by three feet and you can't eat lunch together. And, you know, good luck to that kid, you know, starting off on a different foot. And uh, trying to uh, have a little bit easier of a time in school. I mean, there is, again, is it the end of the world with learning? Can you wear a mask with a window, I, you know, as has been proposition? Sure. Uh, but is that ideal? Is it going to have zero impact on phonics, on, you know, some of these other things that we learn? No, it's not. No. I, I mean, when you're... <laughs> I, I didn't understand a thing that uh, Linus and Lucy's teacher said. Um, and, and I'm sure that there's many students who are in the exact same uh, situation right now right. and who are going to be. So, and I, by no means is starting this conversation me saying, hey, M result, no masks in school whatsoever. They can't be... No. It's me saying, can somebody please... Bring everything to the table, yeah. as we've been saying. Can somebody please look at this and have just a calm, rational discussion, looking at pros and cons from people who are actually inside the buildings and who have seen this? And from everything we've heard in the past 24 hours since we last got off the air, it doesn't sound like it's going to happen. It sounds like there's maybe hope. I, again, color me skeptical. It does not sound like it's going to happen. No, but those are the people you have to talk to. You have to talk to the um, the experts. You have to talk to those that work in these buildings. And you have to look at the real data, not the way the data is reported. Look at the real solid data. It is BMAS and Beamer on Friday the 13th. We're back after this. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome back. It is Beamaz and Beamer here on News Radio 930 WBEN. What a great Friday kickoff song. Does not get any better than Return to the Mac. Let me tell you, you hear this song, you know it's time for the weekend. Still the only person I've ever. He says it every week, and you're still the only person I've ever. Uh, well, I, heard I continue. Say that. I continue to believe it. All right, <laughs> but it is. It is Friday the thirteenth. Just you know, 
Don't forget. What are you saying? Watch out. It's Friday the 13th. <laughs> I'm surprised there's not a scary movie coming out to the theaters tonight. Usually, Friday the 13th is when they there premiere. There probably is. We just haven't heard about it. That's true. I mean, the, the, That's none, true. None of the movies I, really get advertised. I like couldn't tell you anymore. what's in the theater. They could they could put Friday the 13th on a screen. It would probably do pretty well at night. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so welcome back. BMS and Beamer here on WBEN. And, uh, you know, we were, we're talking a lot about the, uh, the school decision coming in. Maybe soon, hopefully soon uh, for a lot of uh, schools. There was a lot of confusion yesterday. They're going to sort through that. Uh, it's you know, it's another thing where you're looking at what is happening. The discussion isn't happening. That's what I think a lot of parents want at the very at the very least for there to be a discussion of you know what should happen. And, and there is a lot of mistrust in the, in for a lot of the things that we laid out where the you know, the verbiage, the uh, reports, they don't necessarily back up, right, what right. we see in uh, in the numbers. And you can, you know, you want to look at mistrust, the CDC, right, two weeks ago. Uh, the Delta variant, uh, more transmissible than chickenpox. Chickenpox. Actually not true. Made a mistake um, in that document. It was, they based their um, statement that it's more transmiss- transmissible than chickenpox over a flawed graphic inside the New York Times. So <laughs> that's where... So the CDC using a graph in the New York Times instead of their own data. That's according to the uh, NPR's reporting that uh, the CDC was looking at a graphic in the New York Times to get that was not correct to get that information uh, that didn't end up being correct. Delta variants uh, more transmissible than the original COVID, uh, but not as transmissible as the chicken box. It, it, it's like they, they want to jump on the, you know, to make it sound as bad. And, and, and don't, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, underestimate COVID-19. I'm just saying, or downplay COVID-19. Uh, but it seems like the CDC, the the media, they try to just make it sound like this is the worst it could be. This Delta variant is the worst it could be, but we are still seeing vaccines working. And you know what? We are still seeing asymptomatic to mild cases in uh, in children. I And it's there's a lot of mistrust out there, and, and that is harmful when you really have to when you actually have to sound, you know, the alarm bells yes. and, you know, it's the boy who cried wolf. It's, you know, the yep. uh, age old tale uh, where you don't want to overdo it because, as we said yesterday, you only have so much in the fear tank. And, you know, that's pretty depleted amongst everybody. Yeah, And, and you talk about the mistrust and with the CDC, that with the chicken pox, but also and again, the boy who cried wolf. This is, you know, fear, fear, fear. Uh, what was it a few days ago? The CDC over reported cases in Florida uh, by almost 5,000. Again, all you have to do is just keep keep your data to your data. Make sure it's factual because anything you misreport, and of course everyone's going to make a mistake now and then, but when it's you know misrepresentation by misrepresentation, people are going to start to question you. And like Brian said, eventually you're going to have to sound the alarm and everyone's fear tank is completely empty. And then there's the silly stuff that really kind of make people, in my opinion, in my personal experience less likely to take these recommendations seriously. And the masking requirements is one of them. And what we're going to see tomorrow at that Billy Joel concert (laughs) out at Highmark Stadium, where you are not required to wear a mask uh, entering the stadium. You're not required to wear a mask while you're in your seat, while you're watching the performance. 
um, not you know around the stadium area, not in the parking lots, but when you walk through the concourse, which by the way at the stadium is the windiest place right. you've ever been, is uh, the concourse at uh, uh, Highmark Stadium. You I, trying to I, think of the name? I went through <laughs> four names in my head right there. I have to admit, uh, but you know, put the mask on there. And then take it. It's like being at the restaurant, right? You know, okay. We enter the restaurant, we put our mask on, we walk five steps, and then we take it off. And you know, that is the kind of stuff that you know people are like, "What? What are we doing here?" Right. You know, what? Surrounded am by I... the same people that you were protecting yourself with a mask five seconds ago. Right. <laughs> I, you know, it's and I think that is the thing where you know when you start to wonder, what am I really doing here? You know, am I? I, I got to go wear the mat, put the mask on to take a leak, and then you know come back <laughs> and then mask off as soon as I exit the door. It's that kind of stuff that has people going. Well, you know, what else doesn't? I mean, are all these you know recommendations? Because they're not. Right? No, uh, there are like uh, we were trying to talk with Dr. Russo a little bit earlier on this morning. You know, just to kind of help me with the mask mandate part. And his explanation was, um, you know, it was it did and didn't satisfy, you know, my curiosity on this because he said, well, a mask mandate is different than people actually following it. So, you know, if you're looking at cases compared to and what I brought up with him was, well, if you look at where a mask mandate's put in place and then the cases are going up like they are in Los Angeles right now where a mask mandate was in place a few weeks ago, I think about a month ago right, right now, and then cases have been spiking ever since. I mean, you look at it as no impact on what you're seeing. Um, it, you look at Texas and other states where they did away with the mask mandate. Uh, they were called Neanderthals, and then the cases went down. Now they're back up again, uh, but the cases went down. And, you know, it, you look at all around the world, in the U.K., you know, a mask mandate's put in place, and then you have the spike in cases. Or, you know, sometimes it does correlate, but it doesn't really seem to have this big impact. And, you know, the answer to that would be, well, mask mandate doesn't necessarily mean people are complying. And my response to that will be, okay, so then what's the point in the mask mandate to begin with? Because what I see it doing is creating a whole lot of division. It's creating uh, maybe more mistrust. It's creating some of the silly situations like what we see at the stadium, what we see at restaurants where you, you're mask on, mask off, you know, depending on uh, how many steps you take or in what portion of the outside or inside that you're in. Right. Um, that is it possible that the mandate part is doing more harm than good, that people know by now the best practice of a mask. They know the ways that it can help, but the mandate part doesn't seem to be having the impact if I'm just looking at the curve of cases. Um, and that's when people start to go, you know, ah, does this really make sense? What am I doing here? And then you look at everything the same way of like, well, it all must not make sense, which is not true. You can't jump to conclusions, but that's the way people are going to think. Right. No, it, it, Brian, it goes back to something we talk about with the vaccine. It, it, it's all the messaging. Just to say that every restriction, every mandate is ridiculous is wrong. But when, you're, when your mandates are, hey, when you go to the bathroom, when you go to get a beer at Highmark Stadium, which, by the way, there are concession stands that are 
outside at Highmark Stadium. I'm not sure people remember that because it has been a year and a half, uh, but there are outside concession stands at Highmark Stadium that you have to put a mask on to go get that beer. Um, it, it, it's, it doesn't make any sense. The, when we were at the arena last year, why did you always have a beer in your hand? Well, the Sabres were playing. And uh, <laughs> because it was how you could keep your mask off through the whole game as long yeah. as you were holding that beer and taking sips from it. So it, it doesn't make sense. But there are, you know, especially when we have a case surge, there are... Uh, reasonable things to do. Obviously, one of them is get the vaccine. But there are reasonable things to do, reasonable recommendations. Um, but some of them are just ridiculous. And again, it sends the wrong message. And from what we see in L.A., from what we see in the U.K., compared to what we saw early on in Texas, um, it really doesn't lead to the result that we're told it, re- it, it leads to. And that has been the outcome numerous times in the last 18 months. Um, so we saw this, uh, Billy Joel, obviously, this weekend, but also Bills games. I mean, this is going to impact Bills games, uh, likely, where in parts you're uh, the Bills put out a statement that this, as of right now, impacts our games as well, the county's decision on masking in certain areas. How does that, for you, impact the way that you go to events? Uh, what Do you have a line when it comes to mandates to go certain places if it matters to you? Um, well, for the Bills, it doesn't. I mean, you know me in sports, me in a concert I want to see, I'll put 18 masks on. As much as I might disagree with it, if it's something I want to see, and the Bills this year are something I want to see, I'm still going to go. You know, Brian, we joked a few weeks ago how I'll have to start finding my mask. Well, now I have three masks in my car because I just know there are places where that is going to be the way to do it. But, you know, um, for certain businesses, if they start requiring or requesting um, to get into their to their place of business, you know, I'll, I'll probably question it. But with the Bills... They kind of have, you know, they have my hands tied because I want to see them. I want to see them in person. This is a great team. So I'll go ahead and throw the mask on. So you're basically football, whatever hoop they put in front of you, you'll go through it to get. That is the short, the the short way to say what I just said. Yes. I'm, uh, I'm a little, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm up in the air with this. I, and it's a, honestly, a lot depends on, you know, what you think about this mandate. In, I just found out in, so in New Orleans, in the Superdome, as of right now, there's a mask mandate indoors in, I think, the entire state, state of Louisiana. Louisiana. Yep. So that would impact there. And I'm planning on going to the Thanksgiving game down there. Um, they did also implement, uh, you know, you have to show proof of vaccination or a negative uh, COVID test to get in. Which, you know, I've said before, I, I do not think that's a great way to go about things. You're excluding a lot of people. Um, you're excluding a majority of minorities um, in that uh, by doing that uh, right off the bat. Uh, and that, you know, California, you're going to have a majority, in New York City too, you're going to have a majority of a black and Hispanic people who are not able to eat inside of a restaurant soon. Right. I, and, you know, that's, that's cause for concern for me. When I look at it that way and say, you know, hold on, are we totally thinking this out just yet? Um, but when it comes to, you know, the mask mandate there, I, you know, I'm thinking, all right, this is going to be a full football stadium. I, am I really going to be wearing them? <laughs> you know, how, how is that really going to be enforced? Uh, so that plays part of a role in it for me, right? Where if I'm going to a place and says, you know, masks are required but I know that I'm going to look around and no one's going to be wearing it. It's mass required if you're eating or drinking. It, you, you know, all these little things. I say, you know, okay, because the likelihood is I'm probably not going to be wearing it anyways. Right. 
at a concert, I was thinking about this because there are some concerts that will now require masks um, to go in. And some of these even might be outdoor venues. At a concert, I, you know, I think in my head, if I have a ticket to something and all of a sudden they say you have to wear a mask to get in, especially if it is you have to wear a mask to get in and also show that proof of testing and vaccination. Because to me, it's one or the other. Right. I think that's where my line is. If you're doing all of this, I am kind of looking at this and saying, well, then I'm, I'm probably not going. doesn't make any sense. I'm not, it doesn't make sense. Um, you know, if you're taking the one precaution and then you're kind of taking the other, it doesn't make sense to me. A concert experience with a mask is not a normal concert experience to me. It's not something I really have an interest in doing. And that's probably where I draw the line when it comes to that, especially when you start seeing the outdoor places do it. And especially if they're also asking for a proof of vaccination um, where you have to, I mean, at that point, you have to ask, well, what's the end result here, right? If everyone in here has shown a proof of vaccination or that they don't have COVID, and then we're also requiring everybody to wear a mask on top of that, well, then by the logic, we are going to be requiring everyone to wear a mask all the time. All, it, because that, it, Till it, the end of time. If we're following that logic, and that's something that I just I can't support because I do value – and I know a lot of people value a return to normalcy. I am not blind to the fact that COVID is going to be with us forever. So at some point, you have to get back to normal. And if you are going to put the double barrier on there to access, which has not happened, right, um, here for the Billy Joel concert or, or any Bills game as of right now, there's uh, none barrier. It's just mask on the indoor places, which I – I think is silly, but also a reasonable ask at the same time, if that makes sense. Um, But if you're going to go kind of above and beyond and take that double step and say, all right, vaccinated, or you have to prove you're negative for COVID, and then you have to wear a mask, that's, I'll stay home. No, I I agree with that. You add that other factor in there. If you are making me either get a test or prove my vaccination, when does it end? When and where does it end? Uh, And by the way, I I can't confirm this on the website, uh, but someone texted in that um you now have to wear a mask at outdoor concerts at darien lake i don't know if that's true but that is an outdoor concert and they're going to require you to wear a mask i mean that just that i haven't, doesn't I haven't make... seen that be announced anywhere i do think that live no it actually was not live nation um i again i'd have to look but i'm pretty sure that has not been okay. made official it, for if... all of them it is for the upcoming dead and company show but that is a band request, which you're seeing more and more okay. bands do this, where you have to have a proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test to go to the show. And that is at Darien Lake coming well, up in a couple of weeks. And if you go to Dead & Company, you also have to bring a pillow because it will put you to sleep because it is the worst music of all time. That is your opinion. Yes, that exactly. I do not agree with whatsoever. Every time Michael Caputo filled in and we had to play a Dead & Company uh, uh, or a, whatever the hell the, the name of the band used to be, Grateful Dead, and we had to play a bump, I mean, I'd fall asleep on the board. Michael would have to wake me up when he wanted to start the show. I, well, I think... He, I, I mean, I have an awful taste in music, too. I'm just saying. You do. That is true. I actually... I should be happy every time you say something like that. Because your taste in music blows. It's awful. So I, I you, admittedly have a bad taste in music. When you when you uh, uh, say something like that, I should be like, hmm, 
I guess, you know, that would go right in line with uh, what Joe uh, thinks and what I think. At Dead & Company, it's tough to do a mask because it's eating, drinking, and smoking weed. Right. So it, no one's going to have a mask on the entire right. time. So that's why they're doing just the vaccination testing. Yeah. Uh, but someone said that about the upcoming concert tomorrow at Daring. Like, I, I, I don't know if that's true, but outdoor masks, I think it's just there, there's no reason for it. Uh, but, Brian, to your point, if it's – you have to prove this. You have to take a test. You have to wear a mask. Um, that is probably when, yeah, I will just stay at home. But the way the rules are right now at um, Highmark Stadium, um, it will not stop me from going to see the Bills play. Yeah, but I, but I think that, you know, if you're doing both and then also the mask on top of it, I, I think that's where it becomes like, listen, this is it might be something you really want to do. And I have... As much as you might be against a certain restriction or um, against the idea of having to jump through a hoop, you know, you say, I'm vaccinated, you know, I have to show proof of it. I have to uh, wear a mask on top of it. You know, what is what is the deal here? Uh, There are some things that you're willing to bend a little bit on. Yes. But there does come a point where, all right, if we're saying that everybody has proven in this vicinity, in this uh, entire group, and, you know, everyone's decided that they're okay with showing proof that they've been vaccinated or showing, showing proof that they have a negative COVID test, that they're not carrying COVID. And then on top of that, we're going to require a mask. I, I think that becomes the point where it's like, hang on. What, if this is truly the case, then where does it end? Because it, if that is the case, then it doesn't end when everyone's vaccinated. Right. Because everyone is vaccinated or it doesn't end when COVID's eliminated because there's no COVID here. Everyone has a vaccine or there's no COVID and we're still asking for the mask. I, those are the situations where I think you take a look and say, can I support this going forward? Because right. that's I, that is a big jump from where we were a year ago, which is just get the vaccine and then we can open up. Get the vaccine, give everyone the a option ago, to have it. That's what we were told in May. We were told that three months ago. Yes, that's right. Everyone has the option, so now we can open things up. I, the mask. That is a complete uh, 180 from what we were expecting, what we were told was going to be the uh, idea there. To the uh, to the texter who just said, you guys brought up Michael Caputo. How's his health? Michael's doing great. He was on David's show yesterday. Sounded great. Um, if you missed that, it's on the Odyssey app and WBEN.com. I just wanted to address that as soon as it came in. Uh, but Brian, I think the point of the show um, is my music is bad. My music, taste of music is bad, but I like it. So I think we're going to just uh No, I, there's no there. there's no problem. And I will say this. Your taste of music is bad to me and to a majority of people, but to me. (laughs) But I don't think taste in music can be just firmly said as bad because music, like all art, is subjective. Yes. I And you like what you like, and no one should have a problem. I will never say that one piece of music. Now, if it's something that I should like and it's supposed to be appealing to me and it's not good, then I can say, all right, that... That's kind of bad. But in general, if it's a genre that I don't like, if it's some of the stuff that you listen to, and I'm like, this is this stinks. I won't say this is bad music because it's made for someone who's enjoying it right now. And, and by the way, someone said uh, Corn and Stained are going to be at Darien Lake. Now, that's a show I'd go see. 
<laughs> that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I, that, and that would fit right in with everything we're saying. And I didn't say that Dead and Co- <laughs> I didn't say Dead and Company was bad music. I said you that you literally did. No, I said it puts it, it puts me to sleep. I didn't say it was bad music. Go back, check the game tape. I said that it puts me to sleep. That's the music that you would listen to on Sunday night to mentally prepare you, for Monday. I like how you just went back to the beginning of the show. I love how we did that. <laughs> that's uh, that's how you would do it. All right. Well, we'll be back with you uh, on Monday, Beamaz and Beamer. And uh, I'm sure there will be a lot to talk about uh, this coming Monday. Beamaz and Beamer on WBEN. <laughs> Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 